you stand with us tonight? There's no place I would rather be than in this place right now. We want you to worship with us. We want you to just pray that God has his way in this place tonight. Lord, we love you. We worship you, God. We give everything we have to you tonight, Lord. Be honored by us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Here it is. 
Amen. Well, I want to start asking one question tonight. Is there anyone here on fire for the Lord? We can't let the responsibilities and the busyness of our lives, our situations, our problems, and everything that's going on around us rob our praise. We can't let anything take away our praise because no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what you're facing, God will always be God. And he's always going to be worthy of our praise. Let's pray and invite him in tonight. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. Just as this wonderful youth choir is saying, Lord, there's no better place that we'd rather be than to be in your love, to be in your presence. We've come tonight because we're hungry for you. We desire to be in your presence. We didn't come to fulfill a religious responsibility tonight. We've come, Lord, because we're on divine appointment to meet you. We desire, Lord, for you to have your way tonight, for you to receive this love offering from your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And well, thank you for being here tonight. We've had a wonderful, wonderful day, two wonderful services. Looking forward to what God has in store for us tonight. And before we get out and invite each other into service tonight, I have one announcement to get out. Tonight after service, we're asking everyone to join us for a spaghetti dinner to support the mission trip to Alaska. So hopefully you skipped your lunch and you just went home and took a nap this afternoon and you're hungry. So after service tonight, there's a spaghetti dinner. It's $5. So please let's fill the sanctuary or the gym up and let's support our youth as they get ready to go to Alaska. Now let's get out, shake hands, and invite everyone to church.
I know you're not the youth pastor, but this is probably the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen today. Are you thankful for your teenagers and young people tonight? Their leaders, man, what an awesome group of, of young people, parents and leaders, and we're so thankful to be able to, to minister in church tonight. I want to share a scripture if I can with you, and, uh, and then we're going to take up the offering, but I want to pray before we do that. The Bible says this, it says in, in Acts chapter 6, it says, in those days there were a number of disciples, the number of disciples were increasing. Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. What was needed was ministry. What was needed was for ministry to be organized and for workers to be sent out into the working, the, the harvest field, so to speak. And it said in this verse 3, it said, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known. Say that. Say known. Seven men among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. I don't know about you, but I want to be chosen. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the wisdom and the spirit of the Lord. I want the Lord to put his hand on my life, his stamp on my life. I don't want to just go through life, just doing life. I want to be full of the spirit of God. I know that in myself, in myself, I'm nothing. But with him, with him, all things are possible in my life. He can use a person, a vessel like me, and he can use a vessel like us tonight. Amen. I want to be used by him. Would you do something with me? There's so many prayer requests and needs over our house tonight and families that are represented tonight. I just believe that the miracle worker is in the room tonight. I just believe as I was driving to church today, I thought about the seasons changing. I thought about June 20th, it's, it's spring. June 21st, it's summer. I thought about tonight, and I know pastor's coming with the word of God, but I thought that that, that change in season that's just today is tonight. That change in season for us spiritually, that one day signified that everything changes, the calendar changes, the name of the season changes, and I just believe tonight that things are going to change. Amen. I believe that God can walk into this room tonight and do a work that we never forget. I believe that he can do a work in our families. I believe he can do a work in some of our minds where we've been battling and we've been dealing with some things. Some of us in our hearts, our marriages, wherever it may be, tonight is the night. And today is the day that that day on the calendar is going to turn and God is going to do something amazing in us and through us tonight. I want to be found by him and I want to be known to know him. I want to walk with him tonight. Can we pray over our requests and needs? Father, we love you. We worship you tonight, God. Man, I just feel a, a, just an unusual stirring, a purity even of the outpouring of your spirit, God, over us tonight. And God, I just pray that we would receive it tonight. God, I pray that we would walk in it. I pray that we would just receive all of your blessings and all of your grace. And God, I pray that you pour out of your spirit, God, upon us. God, I pray and know that we, apart from your spirit, God, we can do nothing. But when your spirit comes upon us, God, we can, we can move mountains, God, like the prophet. God, we can run and, and in front of, of our enemies. God, we can trample over our enemies. And God, I pray tonight that you would touch us. I pray that an anointing would come over us, God, more than, than ever before even. God, an unusual anointing, God, that people identify us with being with you. Choose us, God, I pray. Use us, God, we pray in this day and this hour. In Jesus' name, 
in Jesus' name. If that's your prayer, would you say amen? Amen. amen. You can be seated tonight. We're going to take up, give an opportunity to worship the Lord with our giving tonight. And, and we're so thankful. I know last week was just a, a heartache kind of situation around here. and uh, but, but we're so thankful that God provides and moves. And so we're going to worship the Lord tonight with our giving. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. And God, we know that everything we have, it belongs to you. God, there's no more comfortable place to be than being in that place. God, knowing that you're in control. And God, I pray that you take all of what we have, God, and make it something that glorifies you, that honors you, that brings you praise. God, we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
because the enemy can't stand against the power of God. So when you prince, the king of kings, everything the enemy has sent to you, every lie, every fear, if you're afraid, every restless night you've ever had, it has to crumble when you begin to worship because God battles in the midst of praise. So tonight, it doesn't matter what is going on, but let me tell you something, if you begin to just worship his name, whether it be a foot tap, whether it be a hand raise, whether it be a run, whether it be a dip, there is power in that, and God is going to bring restoration to your life.
heard it once. Everybody stand with me if you would all over the congregation. If you're able to tonight, I want you to stand. How many of you know this is not a spectator's event? I said, how many of you know this is not a spectator's event? Maybe everything's going great at your house. Maybe everything's going fine in your life. Maybe you don't have a need one. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm pastor of the church and I feel a heaviness and a burden in my heart tonight. I'm praying for needs. I'm praying for things to happen. I want to see a revival. I want to see these altars filled with the lost who need to come to Christ. I want to see a burden on people's hearts not to just be spiritually minded, but to be heavenly minded when it comes to doing the work of the kingdom. I want to see a move of God. I want to see power in the church. I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost again. I want to see the power of healing take place. It doesn't happen when we just look from the outside. Thank you. Is anybody with me tonight? I'm standing here and I'm saying, my praise is a weapon. I'm hearing this. My praise is a weapon. And I'm like, I'm wondering, is it a song? Is it just a song? Is it just movements? Is it just something in the flesh? Praise, the Bible says, He inhabits the praise of His people. He inhabits. He builds his throne and sets up his kingdom in our midst. I'm wondering, is there anybody who loves God tonight, who believes in the power of God and wants to see the throne built in this place? I think right where you are, I want you to lift your hands if you can, if you believe in it, if you want to. But I want you to lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord. Lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I want to hear praises ringing in His house tonight. Oh Lord, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, arrest our spirits and touch our hearts. I praise You. I praise You, Lord. I honor You, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. There's some fighting going on in the spirit. There's a few battles taking place over here on my left and over here on my right. I hear some battling going on in the spirit. I hear some battle being made known to the heavens. I hear the battle cries of God's people. I hear some folks that want to see the, the, the bondages broken. I hear some cries of folks who want to see salvation come to their house. I'm hearing the cries of people who want to see healing, who want to see deliverance, who want to see addictions broke. world 
political conventions and all kinds of rallies. I hear all kinds of things going on around this world. People get excited about a lot of things. But oh, tonight to hear a pure praise going up to Father God. To hear a pure praise being used as a weapon. The enemy has to flee. When we begin to resist him, don't you know what resisting the enemy is praising him, praising God, full of the armor of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I plead the blood of Calvary in Christ. I plead the blood over our families, Lord. We're tired of being sick. We're tired of being bored. We're tired, Lord, of being depressed. We're tired, Lord, of being discouraged. We're tired of not feeling anything when we go to the house of the Lord. We're tired, God, of getting in our Bible and, and not understanding it. We're tired, Lord, of getting in our prayer time and waking up about a 30 minutes later. We're tired, God, of mediocrity. We're tired of average. We're tired, Lord, of weakness in the body of Christ. It's time for you to pour out your mighty spirit upon your people. Praise is a weapon. Why don't you praise Him tonight? Why don't you begin to use your voice right now to cry out to the Lord? Your praise in battle right now for your children, in battle for the attacks on your family, attacks right now on your job. Pray right now in the Spirit. Touch God's throne with your praise. You need financial deliverance. You ought to be praising God right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I want to challenge you right now. I know folks are praising God all over this house. How many of you would put your hands down just for a moment? I, I don't want to interrupt your praise, but I want to ask you a question. How many of you would say in here tonight, Pastor, I have lost children. Let me see your hand. I have lost children. I want to hear you right now. Would you begin to praise God for salvation for your children right now all over this house? I mean, I feel the Spirit of God. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I feel Him directing our worship right now. Would you praise the Lord for the salvation to come to your house? Praise is a weapon. Every lost son, every lost daughter tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we worship you tonight and we honor you, Lord. I agreed with Cameron the moment he said it. Let me just tell you what I feel in the spirit. I have felt from the moment I stepped on the property here tonight, I have felt a burden, a heaviness in the spirit that something needed to be delivered in this house tonight. I feel like somebody has got to cross a finish line. Someone has got to break through. Somebody's got 
like an overtime. Somebody's got to come through in the spirit. We're preparing for that move right now. Because I'm believing that you're going to leave this house tonight. And you're going to be light as a feather. And God is going to set you free. I'm already sensing the heaviness and the burden of this service. I'm beginning to feel it shake, rattle and roll. I'm believing for the spirit. I want those filled with the Holy Ghost right now to begin to do battle with me. Because I'm believing that there is going to be a spiritual encounter and breakthrough in this house tonight. Would you help me right now all over young people? Come on, you're up here leading in worship. I want your hands up in the air. I want you to begin to worship and break every bondage against the work of God in this house tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, it's all right. It's all right even for it to be just a little quiet. It's all right. Just keep praising God. Keep worshiping God. you got to break through sometime. There are times I have to literally pray until I press in. That woman with the issue of blood had to press in to where the crowd was where she could get a hold of Jesus. Just keep pressing right now. Just keep pressing in the name of Jesus. Keep pressing. My praise is a weapon. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Strongholds are coming down. Jesus.
this song because it talks about heaven coming down and us seeing it. Do you want to see heaven tonight? Because sometimes you just got to step out and you just got to believe for that thing. This is what it's all about. Sometimes God answers us and sometimes he expects us to hold out and believe. If you're believing for something tonight, I have a word for you. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming for you. Your situation, he's coming for you. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful tonight.
Sing it out with all you got. grander in your life no other meeting that you'll ever be involved in there's no other fellowship or there's no social time interaction time you'll ever have with anyone on this earth that will ever be more valuable more important than your fellowship with Christ what scares me in these last days what scares me in these last minutes before the Lord comes and the trumpet of God sounds because how many of you believe that he's still coming how many of you still believe he's coming? 
Jesus Christ is coming soon. The Bible says that it'll happen in a moment when you don't think about it. It'll happen when you least expect it. The Bible goes on to describe that time many different ways throughout the word, but it'll say one will be standing in a field and one, two will be standing in a field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two will be in a bed, one will be taken, one will be left. There's going to be a lot of folks going to be having a wake-up call on that Sunday morning after Jesus comes. I preached it years ago and I, I can see it. You know, people think, well, you know, after the Lord comes, boy, the church house is going to be empty. Brianna, on that Sunday morning. But let me blow your mind. The church house is going to be packed full. Listen to me. Listen to me. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, listen closely. While you still have an ear to hear and eyes to see, listen to me closely. On the Sunday morning when Jesus has come, this place will be jam-packed. Wall to wall, front to back, standing down the aisles and all along the back. And you know what I believe? I, th I believe they're going to say, where's Gary Turner? Where is Gary Turner? And I'm praying by faith and believe, Cameron, that they're going to say, where's Pastor Ray? Where's Cameron? Where's Richard? Where's Marvin? Where are they at? Church is time for church to start. Where's my mama? Where's my daddy? Didn't they wake me up this morning? It's time to go to church. They know I normally don't want to go. It's a big battle just to get me here. Why haven't they come to wake me up yet? The Bible says he's going to come. And when he comes, there's going to be a trumpet. But the whole world won't hear it. But the Bible says those of us who are alive... And it's not talking about living in the flesh. It's talking about living in the spirit. Your mind and body have been looking. He says he's coming for those who are looking for his appearing. How many are looking tonight for Jesus to come? In that moment, the Bible says a trumpet will sound. I can almost hear it. I can all, you know, there was one night, not many years ago, I, I was in the middle of a dream, in the middle of the night, and the Lord came, and I heard the trumpet in my dream, and I woke up, Duran, and when I woke up, I thought it had happened. Trying to jump out of my bed. Oh, for that kind of faith tonight. To gather out as we're going to our cars after service, Andre, and look up into that eastern sky I want to figure don't you ever do that I'll, I'll be riding in my car and I'll I'll look at my dash because it tells me whether I'm going north south east or west I'll look for the eastern sky and then I look up there do you ever just gaze up into the eastern sky just waiting just looking hoping there'll be a crack in that sky somewhere roll back the Bible says how many of you know that's reality very soon almost want to sing that old song soon and very soon we are going to see the king soon and very soon we are going to see the king oh soon and very soon we are going to see the king hallelujah hallelujah
We're going to see the King. Amen. Give the Lord praise tonight. Young people, thank you. Thank you. I want you to do me a favor now, if you don't mind. Y'all have been at it. You're, 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 you're sweating. And some of you look, you're glistening. I know you ladies, you only glisten. But I want you, if you will, I want you to come and sit right over here. Our worship leaders tonight, I want all of you to go just sit around this area. You can sit on the floor if you want to. I don't care where you sit. I want you to come on. You just go on now. I want you to just come out here and sit. And I'm not trying to separate them from the rest of the group. I'm just, they've been working hard tonight. I, I want to speak into their lives. I want to speak into all of our young people. And if any of you want to jump over here with them, you're welcome. But I really, I felt from the beginning of this service that this message tonight was going to speak to our whole church. It's going to speak to you. And I want you to listen closely. I don't want you to be on your phone. I don't want you to run in and out and make a spectacle because you'll distract people. I want you to just sit here for a few minutes. I know it'll be hard, but I want you to sit here for a few minutes. And I want to ask everyone, if you will, to stand for the reading of God's word. I know you just sat down. question for tonight on this give me just a little bit I know I always tell you to turn it down but I want need a little bit more period because my throat is hurting so I want to when I try to sing sometimes I, I strip something back there the question for tonight thank you is have you been with Jesus now listen to the question have you, have you, have you been with Jesus? Have you been with him? And you may say, well, he lived 2,000 years ago. And he died and went to heaven and he's at the right hand of the Father. I, I haven't seen him today. Oh, I'm going to blow your mind too. I'm going to blow your mind. Because he's here. you feel him Amen. I feel him tonight I believe every word of this book Amen. sister Lawson I believe every word of this book and this book tells me that he's here tonight he's in our midst he's here have you been with him have you spent time with him Church of you, have we been with Jesus? Listen to this. Acts chapter 4, verses 1. I'm going to read down through this story of Jesus being with his disciples. Now, as they spoke to the people, this is James and John, or Peter and John. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed. How many of you know the world gets that way whenever Christians start talking? They get disturbed. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody 
until the next day, for it was already evening. In other words, they couldn't even wait till tomorrow. They were so angry, so upset that these guys were, were, were dancing and praising God and hands up in the air, Ethan. They were so angry. They'd have been so mad at you. They would have found you by the time you got to your house. They would have arrested you and thrown you in jail. Just for preaching. Just for praising. Talking about Jesus. However. Oh, I love this. Many of those who heard the word believed and the number of the men that came to be about 5,000 wow when you like to see a revival like that that was only just a couple of disciples what could we do tonight with praise as our weapon lifting up the Lord what could we do and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the middle of them, Ethan and Luke, step, step right here. And turn around and face, face everybody. Let's make you, let's make you Peter, you're John. And when they set them in the middle of all the people, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Well, what did they do? They had just got done declaring healing over a man. Then Peter, there you are, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, now he's going to preach, listen, whom you crucify. Does he realize who he's talking to? He's talking to all the chief elders and the scribes and the Pharisees. He's talking to the killers of Jesus. All the ones who secretly met and had counsel and had to figure out what to do to get rid of Jesus. Let it be known to you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, boy, he's bold now. By him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Now listen, he's going to preach now. Nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name no other name say that congregation there is no other name 
Your ball players can't do it. Your presidents can't do it. Your kings can't do it. Your sports figures can't do it. Your doctors and your lawyers and your psychiatrists can't do it. There is no other name. Can I just say this? His name is not Krishna. It's not Mohammed. It's not Hari. Or I already said him. It's not Sun Young Moon. It's not Oprah Winfrey. It ain't Dr. Phil. It ain't even Bill O'Reilly. No other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, this is where I want you to listen. Listen closely, Jeremy. Punch him. Tell him to listen. <laughs> He's listening. Now, when they saw now, when they saw the boldness, boldness, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, and untrained men, Listen to this. They marveled, were astonished, were shocked. And here's the most beautiful words in this whole passage of Scripture. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them. Cameron, jump up real quick. They could say nothing. Oh, help us, Lord. They could say nothing against it. When they saw the boldness, realizing that it couldn't have been anything to do with them, it was something supernatural, something amazing, something that shocked them, marveled them, astonished them. When they saw that these were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled that they had been with Jesus. And when they saw the results, when they saw the fruit, when they saw the work of the ministry out of them, they couldn't say anything against it. I just gave you the recipe. I just announced to our church tonight the recipe for revival. <laughs> Father, touch us in the next few minutes. As we look into your word tonight, we thank you for those who are faithful and here and committed on a Sunday night. Thank you for them, God. Bless in our time together. And Lord, let us be challenged and moved into a deeper place with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated.
they could see a difference. They could tell that something was not, the, that was not normal about these guys. The facts were on the table. It's plain on the nose as the nose on their face. They could see it. They observed it. That there was a change in these guys. You see, they knew them. They knew who they were. They had followed Jesus for three and a half years and they'd been these troublemakers with him all the time. They knew, but they couldn't believe the difference. They, they couldn't have known that there was a difference in Peter and John if they hadn't known them. So they knew about them. They knew that these were kind of quiet guys. They knew they had scattered whenever they arrested Jesus. Jesus stood alone in the courtrooms and all his 12 disciples were nowhere to be found. And here these guys are. After the resurrection has taken place, after there's been this rumor and the miracles, uh, these Sadducees and Pharisees and these elders and scribes and all these leaders, they're looking at these guys and they're marveling. What is it about them? What is it that's changed about them? What's different about them? Why don't they act like they used to act? Why don't they look like they used to look? What is it about their voice? What is it about their character and what they're talking about? What is these words coming out of their mouth? Why is it bringing such a change? What a difference divine grace makes in our life when a man or woman is filled and saturated with it. And think about how quickly it happened too. This is Acts chapter 4. I mean, they had just come through this season. They had just come through. I mean, Peter... Peter, I mean, this is the guy who was running for fear out of his, for his life. This is the guy that when he was confronted, he cursed and made oaths and denied even knowing Jesus just, just a few days ago. What is the difference with him now? Here he is side by side with John preaching, declaring that there's now... He denied he knew Jesus a few days ago. He, he denied that he had any religious belief or any faith or confidence in this Christ. He didn't have any, any, any stand. He, he didn't know what, you know, they were coming after him. And he didn't know, they didn't even know, he didn't know what to say to them. Here he is in the midst of all this turmoil going on around the crucifixion. And he's running like a chicken. And now all of a sudden he's bold as a lion. And he's preaching that there's no other name. No other name for salvation. There's no other Lord. There's no other God. It's all Christ Jesus. Boy, this is a complete difference. They're not the same people that they were before. They're now preaching about salvation. They're preaching about resurrection. They're actually in the face of the, the scribes and, and the elders. and all the, they're, they're in their face saying, you who crucified him. Boy, they're being bold now. And whom God raised from the dead. My goodness, boy, they're just telling it all. Now there's no intimidation. There's no fear. It's been removed. All the leaders around them couldn't deny the miracle that had taken place. They were just kind of dumbfounded. Oh, for a day when the world is once again dumbfounded by the church. Oh, for a day when the church is once more so powerfully influencing and impacting in its community and in its, uh, 
in its church house and with its families that once again there is all kinds of movement in the spirit and there's all kinds of transformation and change. Revival was spreading like wildfire. These guys were on fire and thousands were coming to the Lord. Many were believing. 5,000 it says men and that one scripture multiply that by their wives and their children and we're probably talking anywhere from 10 to 15,000 in this revival that was taking place. Tell you when the Lord anoints you, when the power of God is on you, and when there's a difference that's happened inside you, and you're no longer just spouting and thinking your own religion out, and you're not living it all out to your own thoughts and imagination, when you are literally living in the presence and image of Christ, there is such an effect that takes place. There's a power that moves ahead. It goes before you and behind you. It's an anointing that sits on top of you. When you have been with Jesus, the world will know it. When you've been with him, in spite of all of the obvious things about them, they, they were no formal education. These were fishermen trained to know nothing but the sea. They had no formal position. They were not men who had been trained in any way. They were just private citizens. And yet here they are marveling, saying they knew that they had, the only thing they could figure out was that they had been with the resurrected Jesus. That's the only thing they could figure out. They've been with Jesus. They had indeed. They had been with the Prince of Light, the King of Glory. They had been with the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley. They had been with the Son of the Living God. And He had empowered them. Grace, divine grace had touched their life. And there is, it's more than just a recitation of a prayer. It's more than just a decision. I, I know the church has said for many years that we've called people to a decision for Christ. I understand that. And it's got to be a choice that you make to accept or reject Christ. But I I'd really like to get away from that because I'm telling you, when you've been with Jesus, Mr. Bartlett, you can tell. I can tell the difference. When someone's been with the Lord, anyone can see the difference. I, I can meet someone, talk with someone. You can see the light in their eyes. You can see the, the glory around their face. You can just tell when someone's been with the Lord. I can tell you as a pastor when someone's going through a dark time or a hard time. I can tell you when I feel like someone's been weak in the spiritual realm. I can, I can sense it in my spirit. It's a, I pray over you every morning. I'm praying over you. I carry the burden for our families and our church constantly working to, to, to minister and to counsel and, to, and to, to be a part of pastoring and, and mentoring and touching the lives of the people in our church. I, I ought to be able to discern when I need to pray or when there's a burden and I need to be able to feel it like I'm telling you. I walked in here tonight and I was heavy. I was heavy with a burden when I came in here tonight and I'm believing by the time we leave this house that that has been prayed through, praised through, and preached through, and we have been prayed through all the way out to victory. That's what I'm praying for and hoping for tonight. It couldn't be denied. These folks were looking. These are the ones who crucified Christ. They're looking at these disciples and it couldn't be denied. They were so different. They were so charismatic. They were so electrifying. 
So much so that they had to meet in secret all over again. They said, boy, this reminds us of times past, doesn't it? It reminds us of last month. It reminds us of a couple of months ago when we were dealing with Jesus. Now we've got these knuckleheads we got to deal with. And who knows how many of them as they're influencing the whole city. They're turning the city upside down. I'm going to tell you, when you've been with Jesus, the Lord will anoint you. The power of God will come upon you. Your words will be touched. Your mind will be touched. You'll change your thinking. You won't be the same person. If you're still trying to serve Jesus in your own thinking, in your own imagination, if you're still, still trying to serve Him and live for Him and be holy and live out your faith and you're doing it all in your own working, in your own mind, and you're trying to have your own strength, I'm telling you, you're going to keep falling flat on your face over and over and over again. What He wants is for us to get a fresh vision of the cross of Calvary and a resurrected Christ that is powerful to be your empowerer. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, empowers me. You can't have a relationship with Jesus. You cannot and still be the same person that you were. That ought to help for someone who's struggling tonight, who doesn't understand why nothing's really happening and I don't really know what I believe. I've been raised in the church all my life, but I'm really not sure where I'm at or what's going on or what's happening. Let me tell you something. You need to hurry. You need to hurry and get with Jesus. You need to seek Him. You need to find you a spot somewhere, get alone somewhere with the Lord, and you need to, they used to sing the song, you need to ring the prayer bells of heaven. You need to get a hold of God. If you can't sense his presence and you can't sense his work in your life, if you don't sense a difference inside you, let me just clue you in on something. There's something not right. You need to get a hold of the truth of God's spirit and his working and his moving inside you. You accept him by faith, but the moment you do, the believer's power comes from heaven on high and Christ will empower you. He will change your life. You'll become an imitator of Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2, you are our epistle written in our hearts. Paul was writing. He said, you're known and you're read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. A transformation takes place. A change takes place inside of your heart. And I want us to get this tonight because then you're not, you're not living in your own strength. Paul said, for I am crucified with Christ. For it is not I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the one who gave his life for me. Galatians 2 and 20, memorize it. It's the key to your whole life. It's a key to strength to live every day, to be victorious and an overcomer. If you're still struggling with sin and temptation, you need to get a hold of Galatians 2 and 20. For I am crucified with Christ. Crucified with Christ means I am not alive to those things any longer. You ought to be dead to the things of this world. It's what will cause you to have victory in your life. He says, but we're epistles. Paul said, you are our epistles. You are our books. People can read you, they look at you, and they know you have been with Jesus. Everywhere you go, a written work of God, a walking Kindle, if you will. 
A walking iPhone lit up for God everywhere you go when you've been with Jesus. People know when you've been with him. You're a light for this world and you're a blessing to yourself. Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us and an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Listen, you've got to be an Instagram of Jesus. Does that make sense? You've got to look like him, act like him, walk like him, talk like him. I wish we could go back to them bracelets. I've preached it before and I'll preach it again tonight. WWJD. We need to go back to living our lives in church. We need to remember when the world comes in on our attitudes and when the world starts caving in on our, on our lives and we feel discouraged and we feel dis, you know, depressed or we feel like we're going through the battles and, and we don't know where God is. When we start to question his word, when we start to question where he is and we don't know where he's at when it comes to our situation or what he's going to do, when we don't know what steps to take, we need to remember that thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. We need to remember that every promise you and I have ever needed in the whole world is right here in living written form and it is there for your victory and there's an answer to every cry of your heart when you and I know this word and we know what it says I'm telling you there is nothing nothing less than complete overcoming victory for us if we'll just know that in our lives we become like him you we don't judge others but we judge ourselves when you start acting more like Him, when you start talking more like Him, when you start answering to others and reacting to others like Christ would, that's when you know you're growing in your relationship with Him. We're to become imitators of Christ. And in the meantime, while you're developing that heart like His, while you're starting to look like Him, you know, I've seen pictures of, uh, well, well, little Zeke here, Brittany and Tyler got, a, Tyler got a beautiful little baby boy. I'll look at him sometimes and I'll say, well, you know, right now, it, it looks like Tyler. Yeah, did you see that look? Oh, that's Tyler right there. That, another day, I'll be like, oh, my goodness, no, that's Brittany. Look at that. Look at them eyes. That is Brittany. I remember when she was a baby, and that is her. I'll tell you, that kid looks just like Brittany. We know when people kind of look like somebody, you know. I, I can look at you and I can say, you know, hey, you, well, they kind of look like it. You know, they kind of look like them. I know I get accused a lot of looking like Tom Cruise, and, and I, and I uh, that's a joke. <laughs> I don't even think he's real, real famous right now. Who's the most famous? Don't tell me. But we'll say to folks, well, you know, they, they look a lot like them. They, they look like they could, you know, they could be family. They could be. We're to be imitators of Christ. Express images of Jesus. That's our goal. That's our goal, Jerem. How we, how we love one another, how we treat one another, how we minister to others, how we talk to one another, how I speak to Richard, how I speak to Debbie, how I minister to others, how I walk, how I talk, how I live out there in the world, how I live when nobody else is looking. Amen. How I live in my private life, how I live in my private world. It ought to look a lot like Jesus. It ought to smell like him and look like him. and It ought to sound like him. How you respond 
to you some I've heard people say it before many times well that's just the way I am you're gonna have to get used to my personality hello sweetheart you're not supposed to be in charge of your life anymore you're supposed to start looking like Jesus and when you ratting off yourself and your grumpiness and you're trying to be rude and, and you're being all careless with your language and your, your talk with your kids and with your family, when you're living like that and you don't look like Christ anymore, you better hit your prayer closet. How many of you know we need a daily encounter with Christ? Because the world is always going to be pulling at you and trying to get you to go back to the beggarly elements. And, and it's all right. You and I are fighting a spiritual battle. There's a civil war always going on. The spirit in the flesh. But you and I got to understand. He said you are more than a conqueror through him. And you have overcome because he has overcome for you. Amen. We live too much in the weak, in the beggarly elements. We live too much on excuses. We live too many times wallowing in our excuses about not living right and not living strong and not being an overcomer. Let me tell you something. It's time to call us to a revival of overcoming power in the blood of Jesus Christ. we got to stop making the blood worthless and, and cheap. And we've got to stop making it something that doesn't have power. Let me clue you in on something. The only way the blood is not working to be an energizer and to be an empowerer in your life is because you have shut it down and not allowed the work of Christ to be in your life. I'm telling you, He is an overcoming victory for every one of us in this house tonight. He's our victory. True disciples look like Him, talk like Him, act like Him. I wish we could be, and I want us to be a living biography of Jesus Christ in all that we are. And when there's rough edges, there's things you've got to work out, there's things you've got quirks and hang-ups just like everybody else. I know we all got them, and we're all slaying them, and we're all crucifying them before Christ. We get in our prayer closets, and I'll get in there sometimes, and I'll say, God, I know I don't have patience, Lord. I get upset, Lord. Help me in my attitude, God. I don't want to be like this, and he, he helps me, and He reminds me. I get in His presence, and I begin to feel the empowering of the Spirit, and then I get up, and I walk out and I feel like I'm a different man. I can talk to people differently. I've walked in the office before and been in a sour mood and I've had to close my door, get in my prayer closet and then I come out and I'm in a much better mood. It's something that happens when you and I will get in the presence of Jesus. The presence of the Lord, being with Jesus will change everything. It'll change everything. Are you, do you hear me tonight? Is this good? Say amen. amen. You believe this? Say amen. It'll change you. You've got to be with Him. You've got to know Him inside and out. You've got to allow Him to be what you, what you need and, and, and being bold and being completely saturated in His thought process, in His mind. It says, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. Oh, I want, a, I want an old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival. I've been praying for it and asking for it. Someone came up to me just the other night, and I want to tell you about this, and they're, they're here in the house tonight, but I won't embarrass them. But they came right down here. They, they, they thought they were just giving a, a, a little word, or they, they thought they were just going to say something to encourage, I'm sure. They didn't know the kind of impact it was going to have. But someone walked down and said, I've got a word for you, and I could sense that they were feeling a little, you know, just kind of like, oh, I think this is okay to do. And she said, I've got a word for you, and she said, prepare for a visitation. 
I knew in my spirit. You see, one thing I always do with people, I just don't believe every word that somebody gives me. You can come out and tell me I got a word for you, and I'll just be like, okay, well, I'll go pray about that. I, I love you. I believe Cameron. But anytime anybody comes up and gives me a word, just understand how I work so that you won't get offended. I don't believe everything everybody says. I believe the word of God. I believe the spirit of God speaking to me. And when you come give me a word, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to pray while you're talking to me. And I'm going to say, God, do I accept this or reject this? Is this from you or is this something they, they feel? Is this something that they just got, you know, when they're, uh, they were you know, feeling emotional in the spirit? You know, what was going on? I don't, I don't agree with every word that comes down. I've had many people come up and give me words. And I've had people in the same service give me a word. One, word. one word was the complete opposite of the other word. And they both said it was Jesus. I went home confused. This person walked up to me just a couple of Sunday nights ago. Said, I have a word for you. And I could see the humbleness and the brokenness in their spirit. And I checked in my spirit and I said, Lord, do I receive this? And I sensed a yes immediately. And she said, prepare for a visitation. That's all she said. But it struck me. The Holy Ghost hit me. I went home and prayed about it. I got up the next morning and prayed about it. I couldn't get it off my mind. I went searching for it. I wanted to figure out what it meant and what it was. I had somebody else I shared it with, and they sent me a, a definition on the Internet. And, and it, it talked about a supernatural move of God, a divine favor of God. And I started accepting that in the spirit. I walked in on that Monday night, the very next night, walked into the council meeting. Marty, you were there as we were sharing the business of the church and we were looking over the finances and we were coming over at the end of the report. I got to the end of it and I felt constrained in my spirit to announce to them, listen, I feel that we've been given a word for our church and I, I'm not yet understanding exactly what it means, but this word come to us and I'm believing that this is a word from the Lord. And I said, the word was, we need to prepare for a visitation. It wasn't just a few minutes later that that entire council of men was up on their feet and the power of God fell in that council meeting and we ended up in a prayer meeting that was like an old-fashioned Holy Ghost kind of time. It was amazing to see the power of God that fell instantly in that room as the Lord confirmed over and over again through each of those men that that was a word from the Lord. And we began in that moment to start saying, okay, God is up to something. God is going to do something. Let me put you on notice tonight. God is in the business of revival. God is in the business of bringing a move and a visitation of His Holy Spirit. He was looking for those He can do good on their behalf. He's looking for someone He can heal. He's looking for someone that He can be victorious for. He's looking once again for a bride who is ready and looking for His soon appearing. He's waiting for someone to lift up their hands and say, I exalt you, O Lord. I receive from your mighty power your hand of glory. I want that in my life. I'm tired and I'm over trying to please people. Uh, come on, is that alright? Say amen. I'm over it. I'm not here to please you. I've decided you can kick me out tomorrow. I'll go out there and find me a job somewhere and I'll make money and I'll live my life waiting for the trumpet to sound. I am no longer worried about pleasing men and women in the flesh when I have got a holy father standing by water. I've got a father who is wanting my love and affection and he's looking for me to surrender to him in every way. I want to see his power move. I want to see a visitation of God. I'm not interested in the enemy's plan. I'm not interested in what the devil's doing. I'm way more interested in what God's doing. I can pray the devil out. The Bible says, resist him and he'll flee from you. 
The Bible says if you'll begin to praise God, if you'll, if all throughout the scripture, we learn over and over and over again, there is spiritual warfare. If I'll get up every day and put my armor on, and I'll put my helmet on fresh every morning. Young people, listen. If you'll put the armor on, if you'll hold the sword, if you'll get that shield on, that breastplate of righteousness, that girdle of truth, if you'll put on all the articles of the armor of God, you'll walk into your school and you'll run through a troop and leap over a wall. You'll be so victorious. I'm telling you, every giant that comes your way, God will use whatever weapon he's got to use and you will slay every giant that comes in your way. God wants you victorious. When his trumpet sounds, he wants every one of you to not just be up here doing a song. He wants you flying high in the sky. He wants you to meet him in the clouds where we're all going to be gathered together. How many are looking for the soon coming of Jesus Christ? I feel the power of God. I feel the spirit of God here tonight. The enemy's doing his best to weaken the church. Did you hear me? The enemy's doing his very best to weaken the church. You know how he does it? He does it individually. One person at a time. He begins to bring division. He begins to bring strife. He begins to knock us down. One by one. Until we're all so battle beaten, we come into church hoping, hoping we'll get a word. Hoping somebody will sing a song. Hoping somebody will just give me a little encouragement. All I need is a little cabin in glory. If I can just get a hold of just a little bit, Lord, just a little drop. My goodness. God who created the world and the universe, who's smarter than any man, woman, or boy ever been born on the face of this earth, no matter how much money or how many Nobel Prizes they've won. God who is rich in mercy and love, that same God who spoke the worlds into existence says, I don't want to deal with little things and mediocre things and tiny little average human existence. I want to empower you and overwhelm you and overcome you and I want to make you into what I have destined you to be. God has got such a plan for you. He isn't wanting to plan over your life. He isn't making a plan for your life for it to be just barely getting by. God's not wanting to empower you just to barely make it. God's not empowering you for the cheese line. God wants to anoint you. He wants to empower you. He wants to design and order your steps into the potential that he has for you. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He wants to prosper you and give you good health and give you hope and give you a future. He wants to raise you up in strength and cause you to be victorious. 
He wants you to do amazing feats and wonderful things for him. He wants this church to be a lighthouse for him. He wants us to shine. He wants this place to be like the Bible says, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. I believe it's God's intention. I believe it's God's design, his purpose, that this church will be a powerhouse of God's revival and fire. I'm believing that this is a, it is in the plan and the will of God that we will be we will seek God until we are empowered with the spirit of his Holy Spirit that is literally causing us to walk in a power that the world will know they will sense and they will know I'm not saying I don't want it for Braille Boulevard I do want it for Braille I want to pray for revival there I want to pray for it at the Baptist church and I want to pray it for the Lutheran church and the Methodist down the street I want to pray it for them I want revival to break out wherever there are believers in the name of Jesus Christ I want to tear down every hindrance and division that causes us to not seek out the fellowship of the brotherhood I want us all to unite under one Lord one faith one baptism and I want the power of the Holy Ghost to lead his church once again I had no idea what this burden was I had no idea when I came in here tonight and I came and I I'm connected to you tonight because you felt it. You and I didn't talk before service, but you got up at the beginning of the service and you said what was in my heart. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to tear down your family. Get your eyes off people. Get your eyes off your brothers and your sisters. Get your eyes off the family members. Get your eyes off anyone who is standing between you and the victory that God has already planned for you. He is in your tomorrow already. And he's standing there waiting for you to step out in faith and to meet him there. Well, I was anointed. You ought to write that down. He is already in your tomorrow waiting for you to step out in faith and meet him there. I love what you said. I'm praising him tonight for what's coming. I'm praising him tonight for a visitation. I'm poor. Stand with me tonight. I'm not, I'm not going to go much further. I told you, Jimmy, I get, I get crazy. I feel the spirit of the Lord here tonight. I feel the power of God. When, when, Peter and John got up and began to boldly declare there's salvation in no other name. You see, the world still keeps trying to tell us, Darrell, man, there are many roads to God. There are many ways to get there. Just, just whatever God you serve, just serve that one with all your heart and you'll get there. The world wants to water it all down so that we don't have power in the church. He wants us to pray to Muhammad and Allah, you know, the way they pray to him. They want us to seek out Hare Krishna and Sun Young Moon. They want us to seek out. They're worshiping Michael Jackson. Did you know that? He's now a deity. The whole world, the enemy wants to confuse everyone with their faith. Wants them all to just be out here just preaching and, 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 and talking about acceptance and coexisting. Hey, let's all just get along. I heard a song, literally a song that says, You can serve your God, I'll serve another and I'm listening to it and I'm like, are you kidding me? Just weaken us all down so that we all stand for nothing. Stand for nobody. And when you don't take a stand for something, you've heard that old phrase? Yeah, it means you'll fall for anything. When you don't take a stand against your friends, 
when your friends are tempting you, when your boyfriend's tempting you, when your girlfriend's tempting you, when you don't take a stand, you'll fall. You gotta make a stand. I, I guess the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart, Angie. He just said, tell the church that. Make sure the church knows that too. If you're not standing for truth, if you're not standing for the gospel, if you're not standing for Christ, in your life, you'll fall for anything. What I'm talking about tonight is going to take this church into a place, a dimension it's never been before. I believe there was a word given to us. And I believe there are times we need to know. I've had, I had Brother Charlie one night come and so he spoke to me and he said, there's a storm that's brewing and over the next week you need to be in prayer. I'm going to pray for you. He's, he prayed for me almost all night one night. He said, I know there's something that is coming. The enemy's going to try to attack and boy I took that to heart and he prayed and I prayed and we prayed it through and I felt like we navigated ourselves right out of the victory how many of you know the storms are going to come but God's always going to lead you through the storm he's always going to lead you out he's always going to build you up God is always going to find a way to bring the best and the good out of your life that's what he wants when we are surrendered to him you say, well, then it's inevitable. Everything's just going to work out, right? Everything's going to be okay, man, right? It's all going to work out. If the trumpet sounds tonight, I'm going to be one of those, right? Because that's what God wants for me. Yeah, God wants that for you. But there's going to be a lot of folks who miss it. There's going to be a lot of folks who don't make it. There's going to be a lot of folks in the church house on that Sunday morning. Wanting the music to start getting antsy and getting nervous because it's 10.45, it's 10.50, and now it's 11 o'clock and nobody started the service. Where's the preacher? Where's mom and dad? Where is the Sunday school teacher? Where's the ushers? There's nobody. There's chaos out in the parking lot. Where are those ushers at? Where is Audrey? Where, where is, has anyone seen Audrey? God help us. The place will be packed. My heart's cry tonight, and what I'll deliver if I'm run out of here is I'll call you to evaluation and examination of your faith in your life with Christ tonight so that you are not standing here on that Sunday morning crying out, why didn't somebody tell me? Tasha, why didn't somebody warn me? We get so hung up and caught up in worldly stuff our friends our activities our events our parties our neighbors our work sometimes we forget that Jesus is coming soon that he's looking for a bride and very soon at a midnight hour he's going to be knocking You know, those ten virgins, only five of them were ready. Now listen, I have close, dear friends who've come through years of fear when it came to the coming of the Lord. And I knew that God sent them to me because number one, I wanted to encourage and comfort them and let them know the Bible says, comfort one another with these words. 
this is a good thing, but it opened my eyes to the fact that there are many of you that were raised the exact same way. No doubt hundreds in our congregation who were raised that way to fear the coming of the Lord, to fear the judgment of God. Let me tell you the mercy of God and the love of God is in this place like a river flowing tonight. He loves you so much. He put that sun out there beautiful this morning. He'll hang it again tomorrow morning. He loves you with all of his being unconditionally. You cannot cause him to love you any less than he loves you in this moment. He didn't love you when you were cute, blue-eyed, and first put in your mama's lap. He doesn't love you then any more than he loves you right now. Unconditional love. So embrace the truths of God in his word. Let him empower you. Let it be clearly known of all the world that you have been with Jesus. That's what I want. That's what I want with all of my heart. I don't want him to save me to myself. I want him to save me. I wanted him years ago to save me to him. To look like him. To be like him. I want to walk into a room and I want to have a conversation with someone. And when I walk away from them, my prayer, my hope, and I got a long way to go, but my hope, my prayer is that they'll say, you know what? That guy's like Jesus with skin on. Boy, that guy's like Jesus. He loves like him, talks like him. He shows mercy and kindness like him. He's just got this look in his eye that it just says love. God, help us. This is real revival. It's not running and jumping and shouting and screaming that's not revival it can be it can be a result of it and i've been in some humdingers but real revival john is when he has come filled you and when you open your mouth you talk like him you look like him you wrap your arms around your wife early in the morning before she goes to work and she says, I feel like my husband is my priest. He's like Christ to me. That's revival. That's real revival. When we have him, we've had our visitation. When he's filled this room, filled. When I say the room, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hearts because that's what he touches right in Jesus name in Jesus name I want to call us before we leave this house tonight I want to call us all everyone who will into a season of prayer and I want the prayer to be I want my prayer to be I want yours to be Jesus make me more like you. Let it be obvious. 
let my friends, my family, my co-workers, my fellow students, let this world, God, marvel when they're in my presence, not because of who I am, but let them marvel and be shocked, be astonished, knowing that I have been with you. Been with Jesus. Been with Jesus. Rest. He calms the storm. He speaks peace over you right now. Supernatural. From God. Over your heart, your mind. Peace. Peace. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Peace. Husbands, I want you to turn to your wife right now. I want you to lay your hands on her. You are the priest of your home. I want you to find your wife. If you're here and your partner's not with you, I want you to just lift your hand up to Jesus. He's going to touch you right where you are. But I want husbands to do business right now for family. I want you to lay your hands on your wife. You're the priest of your house. You're Christ in your home. I want you to pray over her right now. I want you to pray peace over her. I want you to pray provision and blessing and favor over her. I want you to pray for the visitation of God over her right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We magnify and lift up your name. We exalt you, Lord. You are Lord of everything. I want you to get out from your seats and find some place around this altar at your seat, somewhere there where you can just spend a season of prayer. Please don't just jump down and up in a few seconds. Talk to him. Talk to him. Spend a few minutes with him tonight. Would you do that? All over the house. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. You're here tonight, Lord. We exalt your name. Oh. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but you shall receive power. Let me say it again. The Bible says that you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. We're living in a day and time when we need the empowerment of God as never before. I challenge you not only to be saved, not only to work out sanctification in your life, truly look, God, what, what do I need to do to better obey you? Lord, I want obedience to be important in my life. There, there's some things we do Sister Boyer, there's some things we just do because we're obedient. We're obedient children, and we do them because we're obeying Him. I haven't always understood everything that I've learned or, or read or someone preached from God's Word. I've, in my lifetime, I haven't always understood everything. In time, I, I get enlightenment and I grow in maturity, but there was a time when, Sister Sandy, I just obeyed. And the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes you just obey God. That's a road towards sanctification. You just do what you know is right. Do what the Word says. Just do it. Well, why do we have to do it? Who cares? I mean, we'll figure that out. We'll sit and talk about the Word. We'll look at it. There's enlightenment in the Word. But sometimes you just got to do what Jesus said. Can I get an amen? So you're afraid to say amen. You think I'm going to preach again. And I challenge you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody ain't going to act like everybody else. Long gone are the days when you got to shake, rattle, and roll from one side to the other in order to be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is going to deal with each person separately, individually, beautifully. But the end result is always the same. However He works with you, He's going to fill you to overflowing. That's what's beautiful. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I hear an amen there? I challenge you, church. I challenge us to prepare ourselves. I believe this is just a small taste tonight. We're headed towards an all-out visitation of God. I'm believing for people to flock in this house. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to believe the Lord for there to be such an influx of people looking for God. I want the hungry. I want the thirsty. I want us to get our eyes off one another. I want us to get our eyes off things, off people. Boy, that's the biggest thing the enemy loves to do is get our eyes on one another. Get off, off of all that stuff and get our eyes back on the prize. Paul said, I press towards the prize, the high calling of Christ Jesus. Amen? I don't look back at the things that once were. 
I'm looking forward. I challenge you this morning or this evening. Stand with me. Those who can, those who are still praying, you just keep praying. Richard, you going to come? We want to pray as we end our evening, of course. We're not saying anything's officially over, but we want you to be blessed. We want you to go in the presence of the Lord. And we do want to remind you that back in the back tonight, there's a spaghetti fundraiser for our kids that are all going to Alaska. A lot of this team, maybe all these people you've seen here tonight, they're going on a huge trip. And a part of their fundraising is a big dinner that's going to happen tonight uh, back in the gym. So if you would love to hang out, have some fellowship, make a donation to how. Uh, make a donation and they'll let you know how that works and uh, we're going to bless our kids we're going to pray that they be blessed and we want you to be blessed this week amen dear heavenly father in the name of jesus god we honor you and thank you for the wonderful move of your spirit and power that's been here tonight god we know that we've had a visitation here and you're going to continue to grow in a visitation lord we just pray that you would bless us as we leave from here lord that we would be seen as being in your presence that we've been with you that we've spent time with you and god that we'd be anointed and touched by you to be you in this world and lord we pray that you would bless the the spaghetti that will be ate and lord just pray that you would have your way in all of that lord in the name of jesus amen and let us let us be in prayer this week for little bethany who'll be having surgery and they've moved her surgery to tomorrow morning so little bethany will be in a 10-hour surgery tomorrow so would you please, church, let's pray for this little baby. Keep your prayers for Virgil Ambergie. And I'm going to ask that you pray. I, I, you know, they tell me, they say, the ushers have said this for years. Pastor, when you're going to be away, don't tell the church. But I think you all love God and you come for God, not me. I want you to be in prayer this week. I've been given an opportunity. I'm going to be flying out to Maryland the end of this week to do revival. I'll be doing five services at a church in Baltimore. Baltimore where there's unrest I prayed about it for about a month and finally I told them they wanted me to give them an answer and, and I prayed this was back in in November December and I, I finally I, after a, after praying several several days and, and and asking the Lord what he wanted me to do I felt a, a yes that he wanted me to go so I'm I'm preparing for a revival there I, we're going to have full-blown all of our pastors will be here and they'll be preaching and it'll be a wonderful service next Sunday but I want you to pray for me I don't go and do revivals all the time. I'm not gone from the pulpit very much. I'm going to do this. I felt the Lord ask. I felt him sending me to go. So I want you to pray for me while I'm there. I'm there to do business for the Lord. Is that all right? Say amen. 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 And be here next Sunday morning. All right. And I'll be flying back. So pray for me because I don't like to fly. In Jesus name. All right. If you're going to go and you're not going to be able to stay for the dinner, do the young people a favor and drop a a $500 bill or a million dollar bill by there. Just, just drop something by there and bless them, okay? God bless you.